Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. Memphis, 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 and I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. We are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and we have... The big guy, Mr. Batman, or is that Captain America? What what do we have behind us? We have Sean Coleman in front of us. That, yeah, yeah, that is that's Batman, that's Captain America, and that's Ronald Acuna Jr. Superheroes all up and down. But but it's good to get, be with you, Daniel. It's 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 nice to be back on on a podcast as a guest. So what's going on, man? Man, we're celebrating a dub. Um, the goat is in the building. Yes. He is Sean Coleman. Wow. Yes. Look at all. Like, yeah. we're bringing the fanfare. Like, we mm-hmm. thought, like, Tom Izzo was big. But no, we have Sean Coleman here. Wow. I'm, lit- I'm literally much bigger than Tom Izzo, unfortunately. But hey, you know what? Time will <laughs> time will make it to where, you know, I'll correct that in time. But Daniel, it's good to be with you, sir. But yeah, uh, did it, did it, nice win. And, and, and I'll say this, there could not have been a better way for the win to occur. Yeah, uh, that's the big thing that stood out, you know, different from a start. You know, we've been really struggling starting and ending games. The struggles book ending. It was really nice to see the defense stand out in both quarters. And Jaron Jackson Jr. was just an absolute monster. And it, it was great to see. So. Yeah, Jaron was absolutely big tonight. He um, he just looked bigger than everybody else. And, I, and yep. I love Vucevic, but man, he just looked like he made him look like just just a regular dude. And I know he's not a banger inside, but uh, but Jaron, it just absolutely just dominated him. Um, and it was all about uh, feed the hand, right? The old Zach Randolph, feed the hand, go to him and uh, let him beat people up. But the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies win 104 89, holding a team under 90 points in whatever era this is. It's just, it, it's remarkable that they're able to do that. But uh, the Grizzlies played well, and we'll get into a little bit about the game, uh, a little bit of, you know, a, just kind of recapping the game a little bit. Uh, obviously, you are more of the the stats side of things and more of the analytical. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But uh, after that, we're going to talk all trades. Like the Grizzlies um, have a lot of questions. I'm not sure if they're going to answer any of those questions, but um, I want to ask you your thoughts and your opinions on it, uh, what direction that you might think they might go, whether it's what you expect a front office to do and what you would do. I want to get both sides because I think they're going to both be different, uh, but I want to see kind of what you're thinking. But uh, the Grizzlies coming off that 104-89, outside of Jaron, what was the biggest thing for you? Because obviously Jaron dominated. So is there anything else that you saw – uh, that really encapsulated that game. Yeah, no, it was it was a complete defensive effort. Uh, besides that third quarter, um, you know, out of the three quarters, you know, what did we held them to um, an average? Of, let's see, they scored eighty nine total, thirty six in that third quarter, so fifty three total. So what did an average of about seventeen to eighteen points in the first, to second in the uh, uh, fourth, uh, thirty six in the first, thirty nine in the first half, and then fourteen in the fourth quarter. So that's what stood out to me. And and you know, Jaron talked about it just a few minutes ago in the postgame, having Dylan back, though Dylan is certainly struggling offensively. Uh, Dylan was able to, to, you know, get the job done when he needed to. He was able to get the stops, which allowed Jaron to set the tone early. But that's what really stood out to me. And, and it played into the Grizzlies, you know, part in this, right? Because the Bulls rely on the two-point offense more than any team 
in the NBA. That's typically what you see with an offense that's led by DeMar DeRozan. Um, And that fed right into the Grizzlies' strength with Jaron being, you know, as strong as he is. But, you know, BC played good. Um, X played good. You didn't get that much from Santi tonight. You didn't see the Desmond Bain dominance from three. But, I mean, the other thing, of course, also that stood out was Jaw going off as well. And in terms of the one other big takeaway that comes from this, you know, the last two games that we've won, Daniel, it's been because Jaron and Jaw have clearly established themselves as the best players on the court. Now, mm. it's been against the Pacers, and it's been against the Bulls without DeMar DeRozan, so not the strongest competition. But my point is, is that Jaron and Jaw are still playing quite well. Where we've struggled right. is the offensive production of our depth. But our two yeah. stars are doing quite well offensively. It's just going to take J- uh, Taylor Jenkins, um, whose comments tonight were also encouraging, just going to take him to rely on the uh, the best players more. Yeah, the Grizzlies scored 104 points. If I had to give you a a quick trivia question, and you might know this off the top of your head, how many points did the big three from the Grizzlies score of that 104? So Jaw had 34, Jaron had 24, Dez had 17. So that's not well, fair that you know that. Yeah, the big so brain. 74, 71, Five. 75. Five. Yeah, okay. okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. 75 of the 104. Yeah. I think that's what stands out to me is, and we'll get into the trade talks, but you want to talk about making a trade. As long as you don't trade those three, I feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah. Uh, 75 of 104. Uh, if you look at the bench, 18 points out of two players, 13 from BC, Santi had five, and it was not a good Santi game, but Conchar, Tyus, and, and, and Danny Green gave you pretty much of nothing in all honesty. Uh, And that's really kind of what shows to me. Um, I do want to ask you about David Roddy before we get too far off of this game. It is very much a focal point of Grizz Twitter, David Roddy, John Conchar. Why is John Conchar getting the nod ahead of David Roddy right now? He's more trusted right now. That that's, that's just what it comes down to. Um, Right now, the Grizzlies are, they're struggling. And and with David right. Roddy, you know, they, they had the luxury of giving Roddy the, um, giving Roddy the nod when it came to letting him play when they were winning well against easier parts of their schedule. Uh, but the reason why John Conchar is still playing is because I understand that overall his play may not stand out is not good and, and he's not been good uh, at, right. uh, for good stretches of this year but he still is going to make the plays that coach trusts. And one thing that we know about Taylor Jenkins is that he's going to really rely on the players that he knows when he needs the minutes, when he, when every minute has to count, he's going to go with who he knows. And that's going to be John Conchar. So even though David Roddy probably deserves uh, to, to play, you've also got the fact that David Roddy is a pure front court player. John Conchar right now is probably the, you know, the third most or fourth most trusted backcourt player. Um, so that plays a part in it as well. But what it just comes down to is that John Conchar still can add value outside of his shooting. It, it's where he makes a difference is when he's shooting, but it's yeah. because Taylor Jenkins knows him. And it's because um, you're probably going to get a bit more consistent. You're going to get a bit more um, high floor value type play um, than, uh, than Roddy. So that's why they're going with him. Even if the, even, even if the production is, is mm-hmm. awful, as some might say in the comments, um, <laughs> he's still trusted. And so, you know, there's a reason why when he's on the court, you know, there's still a positive plus minus. And I know you can't put too much on individual plus minus, but he still does do stuff outside of the shooting that makes Jenkins trusting. Speaking of plus minus, the entire Bulls roster, everyone that played was a negative tonight. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. Grizzlies, everybody was positive except for Santi and Conchar. Santi minus one, Conchar minus three. That that is honestly nothing. Minus one, minus three, minus three is, is is a throwaway. It doesn't matter. It's just the un, unlucky is what that comes down to. Um, but so I've said the same thing for the most part because I do love John Conchar. I, I think he can give you a little bit, but I think he is the perfect 10, 11, 12 guy on your roster. He's the guy that you trust. But if he doesn't have to play, that means your team is really good. But if you have to go back to him, 
you feel confident. You you trust a guy like that. That's the reason they gave him the long contract with minimal money is because they do trust him. If they have to lean on him, such as X, I wouldn't be surprised if they give X a similar contract to which they gave John Conchar. It's it's very little money, but it's something that you could say, hey, we're going to bring in these rookies, and if for some reason they don't produce, we always can lean on these other guys. But why wouldn't you give a guy like a David Roddy right now, a guy that possibly has maybe a little bit of something there? You know, he's he's got a little bit of a wiggle, right? He brings a little bit of the energy to you. Whether it's rebounding or not, we're talking about Conchar. He had three rebounds tonight. Why wouldn't you go to somebody like that who might give you something that you haven't had? Because right now the Grizzlies are struggling. Like when things are going great, you can afford to play a David Roddy because you know what? Things are going great. Everything's flowing. When things are even, you know what? Yeah, you probably lean on a guy that is a, a guy that you trust, and that is John Conchar. But when things are bad, and you've already given Conchar that trustworthy play, you have to now go, hey, let's see if we can get like a spark plug. Let's see if David Roddy can spark plug this team. And I don't know why you wouldn't go to him. And that's why I'm curious why right now wouldn't be the time I'd go with David Roddy. Well, so you, you bring up a decent, decent point and that, and that I, I get the spark plug aspect of things. I, I get the whole idea of, you know, hey, it, it, with Conchar not being where many would think that he needs to be, why not go with someone, why not give a rookie like Roddy the experience? But the right. thing that comes into play is this, is that when we talk about that loyalty, when we talk about that trust, Daniel, it's not just about you going with who you trust the most because you're hoping that they figure stuff out. You're hoping that because they've done it for you before, they'll figure stuff out. But you're also making adjustments. Taylor Jenkins mm-hmm. talked about it tonight. He talked about the fact that this team knows that you know their identity is getting stops, getting out to run, things like that. But they've got to change some things up to be more consistent in the half-court offense. Taylor Jenkins, especially at a time where things are adjusting for the Grizzlies, that even more is when he's going to go with loyalty to a source that he trusts more than a rookie who really hasn't done that much. And, and what I'm meaning is, is that Roddy has shown flashes, but that's the other right. thing that stands out here. Those are the two things that stand out. You're going through a time of change and adjustment. You're going to go with the player that's been in the system longer. But also, when you look at the numbers, John Contra is still out playing David Roddy right now. And, mm. and, and that's just the honest truth. Um, and so when it comes to the overall production of Conchar, he's probably going to be the guy to go with over David Roddy. Wow. So you have numbers to back this up because, listen, you know, I am a huge John Conchar fan. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't see it right, right now. He's struggling, right? Most of the team's struggling. But they're the numbers back up that he is playing and outplaying David Roddy right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at it. What you're looking at 44% from the field, 36% from three from John Conchar. And and he is going to provide the outside the scoring value just because that's always been a big part of his game. And I think he's more consistent on defense. You know, Roddy right now is shooting just 41% from the field and 28% from three. So Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's, that's the reason why, but, but here's the big thing here. Here's the thing that stands out. I know it's something fun, to talk about. But mm. here is why the Grizzlies should make some type of move at the trade deadline. We don't need to be having a David Roddy versus John Conchar debate as far as being our ninth or tenth guy in the rotation. We need to be talking about a move or two that can bring guys in that can be pure shooters. If they're right now, is a debate about who is the ninth or 10th guy in our rotation. There are plenty of guys out there who are at a reasonable cost that can give you certainty at the back end of your rotation. And the key is, is that the Grizzlies have their strengths, which is defense, which is transition, which is points in the paint. They have specific needs that they need to get to, which is shooting. So go out there and get a certain source of shooting and that will be the person who will answer your David Roddy versus John Conchar um, debate. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and that's what I've always said is I love John Conchar. And I just said a few minutes ago, he is the perfect 
11, 12 guy. He's the guy that can grow in age if he's comfortable with the team, that he knows his ceiling. He knows that he's going to make his four to six million a year. He's okay being that guy. He's okay being the, the do something on a very small scale player, but he's also trustworthy. He He's the guy that can knock down a shot every now and then. He's also going to get your rebounds. And just like I said earlier with Xavier Tillman, they're all going to just give you a little bit of something that you need. You can always call on them when times get tough, but he can't be the seven or eight or nine guy like that. That is the struggle. And so um, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of the trade talk because you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Uh, and so we're going to go with our um, our Valentine's thing. It's going to be to trade or not to trade. And that's going to feed Sean Coleman. He is Mr. Cupid here. He's got his arrow. He's going to bring it to us tonight. All right, Sean, who in the world are the Grizzlies going to go after? If you had the pen right now, you're going to make the call. Who are you going after right now, this very moment? Uh, the, the, it's a combo. Um, and, and, okay. uh, and the first call that I'm making is to Chicago for DeMar DeRozan and uh, Alex Caruso. Uh, and the reason why that is is because um, DeMar DeRozan uh, helps out the half-court aspect of our offense. I know he doesn't necessarily help out the shooting aspect of things um, from three, but there's okay. enough consistency there to where I think you can get enough production from three. I, 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 I've said it you know, for several weeks now. One of the things that concerns me about this team, yes, the three-point production must improve. But even more so, what must improve is the fact that we're, you know, near the bottom of the league in effective field goal percentage, near the bottom of the league in true shooting percentage. We have got to be more consistent at finding the best shot possible as often as we can. And what I mean by that is, is like featuring Jaron tonight in a game where he clearly had the mismatch going on, featuring him, he shot the twos, got a groove going, and then shot the threes to make the most of it. So I would give a call to um, Chicago See if you can go get DeMar DeRozan, 33 years old, but still I think has two or three really high productive years left, and get Caruso as well. That could be your um, uh, Dylan replacement that could allow for you just to let Dylan to walk in the offseason. And then that, and from there, it wouldn't necessarily be an all-in move because you probably could get it done through giving your picks up through 2025. But my first call would be to Chicago to get DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso. Two players, in my opinion, are going to be better than one. And, you know, I know OG Ananobi is, is you know, Daniel, me and you have talked for multiple years how much I would love OG Ananobi on this Grizzlies team. But if he himself is requiring three first-round picks, I'd rather go get multiple players that can help us out in the rotation. But what do you have to give up for that? that that's the question. Is You have DeMar to making uh, 28, and you have uh, Caruso making nine. So what are you having to come off of that the Bulls are accepting because we don't we don't have very many that can make that. So you you like I said before, you have Danny Green, Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones. Those are the only three players that are worth anything in the trade. Everybody else is filler. Everybody else, seven players on our team are making five million or less. That's the five million or less club like those dudes. They're great. They actually probably are worth more than what their contract is right now because of the pot potential. But honestly, like who, like what do you got to give up to go get those guys? Yeah. So you're definitely going to have to give up Tyus. You're going to have to give up. I would probably say Dylan. And then if you do that, that gets you to the 26 million range. You mm. can, you then give up Zaire. Zaire would be included in that as well. And I think that I worked it out on uh, the, the trade machine to where that would work. And then after that, you give up Zaire, you look at your 23 first, you look up your 24, um, uh, the 24 Golden State first, and you look up potentially your 25 first in, to, or, yeah, 2025. Now, Zaire plus three first for uh, DeRozan and Caruso, that's probably a lot to give up, but that's probably mm -hmm. what it would take the Bulls to make them do that deal. So I, I, that's why I'm saying I'm at least calling. I'm at least calling to see what is the what what it potentially would take but Tyus Dylan um uh Zaire and then uh your 23 first 24 Golden State first and then potentially your 25 uh Grizzlies first is probably the package that it would look at and from there the Bulls get their high upside guy in Zaire and then they always could flip 
um, Dylan, um, if they wanted to, to be able to go and, and, and get more assets. Do you believe Zaire can be a starter in this league in his first contract? I think he can. I definitely do think that he can. I just don't know if it's on the Grizzlies. Um, I think that uh, Zaire is is a two-way um, impact player off the bench, hopefully by the end of his first contract. Um, unfortunately, he's just a flashes guy right now. And, yeah. and, and and it's good flashes at times. You know, I know that people were talking about his overall play was a struggle, you know, once he came back from his injury. But for, through about 10 to 15, you know, 10 to 12 games in, um, you know, before that Golden State game where he struggled mightily, um, he was doing really well, shooting nearly 50% from the field, 40% from three. Um, he looked very good at times when it came to his offense, and he's showing those flashes. Um, but it, it's hard to say right now that you can rely on him. I mean, I th- in all honesty, I'm going to be as positive as anybody when it comes to the Grizzlies, but I can say with confidence, if you ask the Grizzlies straightforward, I don't think that they would say that the development of Roddy and LaRavia and um, Zaire Williams are really where they wanted it to be by this time. I think Santi has exceeded expectations. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I do think that Zaire could be a starter right now in this league for a team that's not wanting to compete that much. But I do think for the Grizzlies, he could become a reliable, you know, seventh or eighth guy in the rotation, at least through the remainder of his rookie contract. Yeah, I was uh, watching the box score tonight, and I was watching Cam Thomas. And it just reminded me that we went and did the trade. And listen, I love Steven Adams. Absolutely love him. And I hate it that we got rid of JV. So hindsight, I'll take the L on that one because I do love Steven Adams much more than I've ever loved JV. But they did that in hopes to go and get a guy like Zaire. But when I see Trey Murphy playing the way he plays at times, what he gives to a team that we probably need the most, what Cam Thomas does, it just makes me sick, man. And it just, and that's, it always reminds me of every time I hear Zaire now, I just, and I see Cam Thomas just going off for 40 plus. It just makes me sick. Well, so, and I get it, but again, it has to be kept in context, right? Because when it comes to it, it's hard to see someone hitting on every single thing. 100%. Over a three to four year stretch. And so when the Grizzlies, we we talked about this uh, on Twitter the other day, when the Grizzlies made that move of going to trading JV for Steven Adams, they made that move up to the 10th spot in the 2021 draft so they could get a style of player, a profile that they could get. The problem is, is the guys that they were targeting just went before them. Giddy at six, Kaminga at seven, Wagner at not, uh, at uh, eight, and then Zaire was there at ten. Yeah, Zaire can still turn into a very viable player, but I do think that if if there's a team out there, and I think the Raptors are a team that would like a Zaire type profile, if there's a team out there that potentially would allow for you to include him in as the high upside play to go get what you got. Then you'll see what you can do. Because at the end of the day, Daniel, if this is where we get into why it's going to be hard for the Grizzlies to go get a Kevin Durant, the Grizzlies to go get an OG Ananobi or a Pascal Siakam and not just have to pay what will feel like an overpay in Hmm. picks. It's because of the fact that they don't have that true up-and-coming guy that you really could put a lot of stock into right now outside of the players that they're not going to trade. And I just think that that is an honest truth. Right now, the Grizzlies have their core three in Bain, Jaw, and and Jaron. You would stack up against anybody in the league, and they're getting supported by young veterans. That's what's helping us out right now. So when it comes to it, that's why I'm saying it may make sense to go a little bit of a tier below to where you could still include Zaire because – I do think that Zaire, possibly the best value that he could offer is giving us a guy that we can keep, you know, in the fold for at least two to three years that we could trust for this core to really make a title run. Yeah. And I like the, uh, the Zaire, I'm sorry, not the Zaire, the DeMar DeMarozan deal, because yes, he doesn't stretch the floor, but he's also a guy that you can lean on in the fourth quarter. And that's really what it comes down to. I, I think you have enough in this team as currently constructed to get you to a fourth quarter and be within striking distance in any game 
against any team in the playoffs. And that is. And somehow I lost connection, but now I'm back. Can you hear me? You're good. We'll just call we'll just call that the host crossover. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, but yeah, I just um I I just want to see what they do. And I hope they do something. And somehow you're frozen. I'm gonna try to unfreeze you while we're while we're talking real quick. But uh but somehow we need to have somebody that helps us and gives us a little bit more than what we already have because right now the Grizzlies have a lot to be like they have a lot on this team. And it's a really good team. But I also think it's a really good regular season team. And so I want to see this team become what they can become. And right now, I just don't know if it's there. Um, is there any anybody else that you see um, outside of uh, that DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso deal? Yeah. Um, there are guys that are out there. Someone that I've, that I've had um, interest in um, is certainly Alec Burks. Um, I think that he definitely – um, is a, a source that could provide. He's a veteran source that could provide good shooting. Um, Malik Beasley, I like as well. I don't necessarily know if Kennard is the right play. I just don't know if Kennard. Uh, I don't think that the Grizzlies are the type of deal that the Clippers are looking for. I think the Clippers would want to make a Tyus for Kennard type deal, and maybe mm. you make that move in the off season. But I don't necessarily think the Grizzlies want to strengthen another Western Conference opponent. But Alex Spurt. Alec Burks, Malik Beasley, those are the type of guys that really stand out to me. Um, if you want, if the Grizzlies just are not seeing what they need to see from Danny Green, if you want to go get a guy like a Josh Richardson and just put put a second with him to get another expiring, that could make sense as well. A player that's still got a little bit, you know, still closer to his prime that could offer value outside of shooting, but also the occasional shot as well. That definitely can do it there. But Alec Burks has just remained to me the the, the a, a very sensible trade target. And the big thing for me is having a guy that will be under contract going into next year because you're still going to need that shooting next year and you'll need some type of credible wing source, especially if you let Dylan walk in the offseason. So those are some names that are out there. But at the end of the day, there's not many. Um, I, I still think even if you couldn't get DeMar, if Caruso's value drops um, at towards the end of the deadline, go get him as well. If you wanted to exchange Dylan for him, go do that. But Caruso, mm. Burks, um, Beasley, those are names that, that stand out to me as, as being sensible targets. Those shooting sources you can control beyond this year. So you are you would be okay losing Dylan for just Caruso at this point? Absolutely. And, and the reason why that is is because of this. Caruso is a player that can adapt to a reduced role more than Dylan would. And the thing that stands out to me also is that Dylan is on an 11-year um, contract or $11 million a year contract right now. He is mm. going to want to get upwards of 18 to 20 million this offseason because of his defensive because of his yeah. defensive background. There, when you double his salary. That that you know that takes away some of the value. So getting Caruso on a you know having him for an additional two years, and the thing about it is, is that a Dylan or Caruso type player, they're more a player that you may not necessarily need to start as time goes on. They're there to pair with Jaron to protect your leads. So Alex Caruso being that guy who can be more of a spot up three point shooter, you'd have to encourage him to shoot more. But one that is an all NBA level type defender when he's on the court. Plus, you can consistently have him at that reasonable salary. Yes, I do think swapping Dylan for Caruso right now would make some sense for the Grizzlies. Wow. I never would have ever thought that would be said, let alone just be like actually like something I I, I would be okay with. Yeah. Um, well, and, and is good, but well, God. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think that Dylan is a more impactful player than Caruso. But the Dylan that we're getting right now, yeah, I would yeah. rather have Caruso's level of consistent play on his contract for, you know, at his price beyond this year than potentially keeping Dylan. So if a deal was out there where you could swap Dylan for Caruso and not have to give up much more, I would highly consider that. Yeah. I don't think the Grizzlies do that, but I, I give it a 95% chance Dylan is with us through the deadline, but I would highly consider that deal if it was on the table. Wow. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I think he's a, I think Dylan Brooks is a guy that is a good player in the NBA. I think he's a guy that 
outside of the 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 I guess the stuff that as of late, like yes. he is a very good defender. He's a guy that you can go to when honestly it's late in the shot clock and you need to get a shot up. It obviously might not be a great shot, but it's a shot that's going to go up. Um, I just don't see him fitting on this team. And I think what you're seeing now is a guy who's trying to fit in the role and he's trying his best to do a good job by being the guy who's trying to rebound. He's trying to be a facilitator as well. He's trying to pass down to Jaron and he's probably doing the best job out of probably all the other starters and getting to ball to Jaron from the perimeter down to the post. But I think that is affecting his shooting. I think he's a guy who needs to be kind of a chucker. I think he needs to have a big volume of of shots to be able to find kind of his his spot and and kind of find really what he I guess his his ceiling he needs to be out a guy who can put up a good volume of shots and I don't think you're going to get that right now uh especially on this team as currently constructed because you have three mouths you need to feed and that with Bain and Jaron and Ja like you just do and I think that's the and I think him trying to fit into that is, is is a big struggle right now so I don't know if he's going to fit in that role, but I think he's trying to. I just don't know if that's the best for his game right now. Yeah, and and it, the thing is, it's kind of a hard conundrum to be in because you know he he just was talking with the media in in Memphis. You know, he made the quote, um, "I get booed everywhere else I go. It's only right for me to get booed in Memphis. I don't really care if they want to boo me. They can keep booing me every time I touch it." You want to talk about wow a guy. A guy who has been fueled by, you know, doubt, criticism, you know, want, want the angst of others. He wants to ruffle feathers, but he's always had that home support as the thing that balanced it out. Mm. Um, with Dylan, it's just, it, it's a mentality thing when it comes to it. Dylan wants to be a 15 to 20 shot a night guy. And he just does not have the efficiency to do that on a team that wants to contend. His defense certainly makes up for it a lot of times because of how good he can be. But right now, it's just not there. And there are, you know, comments like Jalen Rose made the comment, you know, earlier um, uh, tonight about the fact that Dylan's got to keep his edge or he won't be in the league for three years. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but there's a difference between energy and edge. Energy can be your edge until you cross the point to where it's egregious. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, the, the, the shot on um, uh, uh, um, Donovan Mitchell, the stuff with Shannon Sharp, you know, these moments that we've seen here recently, it's now, you know, he's getting up to where he's already been suspended once. He's close to potentially facing another suspension. I think he's two technicals away it's fine to have that energy. It's fine to play with that edge. But when you now have put points, now when your offense is not doing what it needs to do, plus you're being a detriment in the fact that you're not there when you need to be, there are some things that certainly need to change. And, you know, in general, don't really want to get into, you know, all the stuff going on off the court. Yeah. You know, I know it's relevant. But with Dylan itself, Dylan, there's too fine of a line between when he's valuable and when he's not for him to have this extra stuff that distracts from the value that he provides through his defense. Yeah, it's tough. And I don't want to get off the off court stuff as well, either. Um, the only thing we're going to go off the court is LeBron is six points away, which is kind of crazy that he is six points away. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and ask a little bit uh, from our chat, anybody that has anything, um, any trades, anybody that they would like to see the Grizzlies go after. If you have that, uh, send it over to us. I'm going to kind of run a couple names by Sean that I have, but also I saw, a, um, I guess, a chat from uh, Jesse here as well. Uh, but before that, we want to get into our presenting sponsor, and that is Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, you can give them a call over at 901-794-3691, and that is ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Uh, go over to their website. They'll give you a, a free quote right there. Uh, but mainly, call into the office. Uh, they have offices in East Memphis as well as Carterville. Uh, but Zach and his team do a very good job. They insure me and my family, uh, whatever you're looking for. Uh, insurance can kind of be a headache at times and honestly within you know wrecks and anything that you might have let them take that headache away and uh, their team is very good very understanding uh, and they will do whatever they can to make your life a little bit easier so 
Call Zach Jaworski State Farm at seven. Uh, sorry, nine zero one seven nine four thirty six ninety one. All right, let's get into the elephant in the room, and that's OG. Why or why not OG? Oh, why? And 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 the reason why is because if you get OG and an OB, you instantly have the best defensive combination in the game of basketball over the next three to five years, and one that you potentially can control as well if you have the ability to be able to um, – sorry, I accidentally hit the radio thing on the, on the LeBron thing trying to keep up with it. Um, but the uh, when it comes to OG and Anobi, you absolutely make the move because if we're talking about Dylan Brooks, the upgrade to Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks in which we know that he can fill that role and he can fit it in an even more advantageous role in what he can guard one through five – You've got the best defensive combination in the league over the next three to five years to support what potentially could be one of the top five offensive combinations in Desmond Bain and John Morant. So, yes, OG Ananobi has been the perfect fit for this Grizzlies team from an overall perspective for two to three years running now. I get that in a specific sense. Someone like a Pascal Siakam, someone like a a Jordan Clarkson, someone that could go get a bucket. Our offense right now has more questions than our defense. But our defense can be put over the top if we go get OG and Anobi. And so that's why I feel it definitely makes sense to go get him. However, it's got to be for the right price. OG and Anobi, in my opinion, being the fourth guy on our roster – He's not to the level where you give up three firsts or a Zaire. He's not to the level where you've got to give up Zaire and Santi to be able to beat other teams' offers. So it's got to make sense. And I think the Grizzlies certainly can wait it out. I think it's smart if they go out and get OG. I definitely think that it would be a great addition. But I do think that they need to keep it to where it's the right price. Um, Pascal Siakam, I, I probably wouldn't give up five firsts for. Um, you know, if you want to give up the three firsts plus Zaire and then, you know, whatever else makes sense for Siakam, I'd be more willing to give it up for him than I would OG because I think he's more of a um, offensive uh, support that could, that could really make sense. Um, I think Siakam is the better player, but I do think in terms of the, if you can look at the NBA right now and you can look at a non-star, a non, you know, star right now prototype or, or physical profile yeah. type OG Ananobi is it. So the Grizzlies should absolutely be in those conversations. So you're okay with giving up two first, I guess, Danny Green or maybe even Dylan, whoever, um, and maybe a project, I don't know, Zaire. Let's just throw him in there just as of right now. So you're okay with that right now, two first. You just don't want the third. Yeah, I would. I think that if you wanted to give up Danny Green, Zaire Williams, our 23 first and Golden State's 24 first, that's where I would start. Now, if you wanted to potentially see, I, I don't necessarily know if I want to give up a LaRavia, certainly don't want to give up a Santi. I'd probably give up a Roddy. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't give up, a, you know, I would not give up two of the three of LaRavia, Santi, and Zaire, but Zaire, Danny Green, or Dylan, um, the, uh, the, the late 23 first and the golden state 24 first, I would give that up for OG. Oh. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the, the thing is, you know, whether you give up to two or the three, uh, but I do think the Grizzlies immediately are upgraded immediately are upgraded. If you get a guy like OG, uh, let's get into the chat a little bit. Uh, I do have some as well, but Jesse, one of our Grizzly guys, he, uh, he asked, he would swap, uh, Dylan Brooks for Terrence Ross straight up. Both on expiring deals, but Ross adds a little bit more scoring. He obviously lacks in defense, but he but he, he gives a little bit more in the scoring area. Would you do that? No, and the reason why I wouldn't is because just to add the specific need of the shooting that Terrence Ross would add, and Terrence Ross himself is is not you know someone that is just you know league high level of efficiency. You don't take away what could be your second most valuable source of being a championship-level defense to go get a Terrence Ross. So that that would be a hard no for me. What do you look at um, as well going forward? Uh, forward. going Yeah, going forward, I guess. I, I was thinking of a small forward, power forward. But going forward, do you think this is the most important year to make a move? Because I think just kind of looking at the not-so-distant future – 
but next year and the year after that, the contracts you have the availability to move are slim to none. So do you think this is the main year they have to make a trade if they're going to do it? Oh, absolutely not. And the reason why that is, is because um, when it comes to the contracts that they have to move, to me, it actually makes sense that they're going to have more contracts to move. I see what you're saying in terms of the fact that they're going to have some expirings. But when you think about it, you're going to have Brandon Clark at 15 or, or at um, 13 million 12, per over the next yeah. four, 12, 12, 13 over the next, you know, four years each. You're going to have Steven Adams at 12 and a half over the next two years. You're going to have Tyus Jones on um, an expiring 15 million. You're going to have John Conchar three to five million over the the next four to five years. You're going to have Xavier Tillman on another deal where he's on, you know, a $2 million deal. The Grizzlies actually will be in a more favorable position to go add a 30 to $40 million player during this summer than they do right now because of how their contracts are. Now, the thing about it is, is that at that point, it may be hard to trade a multi-year contract like a Brandon Clark, like a Steven Adams, you know, this summer. But you also have scalability there in terms of your contracts in which Tyus Jones will be an expiring in 23-24. Steven Adams will be an expiring in 24-25. Brandon Clark will be an expiring, you know, four years down the road. So I do think that the I think that their ability to have the money matching aspect of the trades are still going to be there. Plus, you may have a bit more value in your young players. So I don't think that right now is the most crucial time for the Grizzlies to make a trade. I actually think they could be in a more beneficial position this summer to make a trade, especially when you consider the fact that they'll also have the 224 first to also work with as well. Yeah, I couldn't disagree more. And the, and the reason is, is because I look at the contracts that the Grizzlies have. Um, they have, like I said, they have seven guys that are making under 5 million right now. They have Dylan Brooks and Danny green and both are expiring. Dylan's making 11, four Danny is making 10. Uh, you can also look at Tyus Jones. Who's making 15 next year. He makes 14. So between those three, you're obviously talking about 30, 35 million, uh, roughly. And so that is a big piece. So this year, you lose at least 21 of that if you don't make any moves at all with those two, with Dylan Brooks and Danny Green. And then you have guys that are on long-term contracts. And I say that is going to be a guy like Steven Adams. You have him for another two years, 12.6. Then you have Brandon Clark for four more years after this season at 12 and a half. Those aren't big contracts. They actually give you a sizable amount of value probably over what their actual contract is worth because of what they mean to your team. And that's the kind of contract that you actually need. If you're going to bring in guys that like uh, John Morant, who's going to be making 33 and a half next year, right now they're making those, the big three of Jaron jaw and Taya. I'm sorry, Jaron jaw and, and Dane, they all make around the 40, 41 million, uh, 40, 41% of the team's cap percentage. Well, then it goes up to like 44% next year. And then the and then the year after that, when Bain, whatever kind of contract he gets, they're going to be making a total over 50% of your team's cap. That's when you need players that are going to be minimal amount of contracts, very good contracts, but they also outplay their contracts a little bit. And you already have guys like Brandon Clark already signed up for that. And then you're going to have Steven Adams, who will be expiring the year before Bane gets paid. And so I, I don't know if that I think this is the right time to move. I, I think if the Grizzlies make the trade right now and they go all in, they have a chance that whatever contract they get can fall off the books before Bane gets paid, but also enhances their window for the next two years compared to waiting and hoping that their window just stays open they don't have any injuries and nothing bad happens in life. And I just don't want to live like that. I just, if they're going to strike, they have right now. Congratulations to LeBron James. He did it. It's done. Yep. He did it. Um, Why do you have to do it when I was talking? I wasn't even I looking. I, I don't, I don't know. But so the thing that I'll get at is this, is that I understand where you're coming from about the contracts, but when you're looking at what the Grizzlies have done, 
I, I understand where you're coming from about wanting to get the most value out of the contracts the Grizzlies have. But I also think that if you change the perspective about what the Grizzlies will look to gain, there's going to be the potential for them to be able to get more in the offseason through trades than right now. I honestly think that the best value that the Grizzlies are going to find if they don't go get an OG-type player is taking Danny Green and figuring out a way to get another shooter to come in for him by adding one or two seconds into it and then having that shooter be someone that can go over to next season to remain a shooting source if need be, but also that shooting source would be an expiring contract as well, like a Malik Beasley or an Alec Burks. So I think that the best value that you're going to get from a Dylan or that you're going to get from a Danny Green, combining them together, I just don't know if that type of a player making that salary is going to be worth it. For instance, I wouldn't combine them together and try to make something work to go get a Bojan Bogdanovich. I, I just don't mm. think that Bogdanovich makes that much sense. So if that's the case, instead of combining them together and just going to get some $20 million player that you hope works, use them a couple of seconds, extend go get players that could extend past this year to be tradable assets. And then you have a wide assortment of money matching options that you can make work still with the treasure trove of assets to go get a pure difference maker to add to this core in the future. I hope they make a move. I really do because I think the window is right there and it's yeah. wide open for this team. And I think they need bench scoring the most. And I think yeah. Danny green, uh, you know, he, he sounds great. I've called him a traffic cone. Like, that is what he is to me. He He's just beat up. I think he's a set shooter, and he's great for out-of-timeout plays, guys that you can trust if it gets down to it. But in the end, he's only playing 10, maybe 15 minutes in a playoff game. That's it. I'd say make the move and see if you can get a little bit more, uh, especially upside, especially a player that can extend past this season. Because, honestly, they have those seven guys that are paying under $5 million. That's 12 of the 15 are under contract for next season. They have three draft picks next year. Like, like that. that's going to fill them up at some point. There needs to be a move of some sort to, to be made. I just hope that they make some kind of move because, as currently constructed, it's a really good regular season team. If all breaks right, they can be a really big threat in the West, especially through the playoffs but I really need them to make some kind of move because in a half court game, which the playoffs are, I think they struggle, but uh, let's get at, let's get you out of here with, with this. And it's going to be uh, trade predictions. I want you to tell me what the front office is going to do because you are very much, you know, knowledgeable of what you think that they might do. Obviously you've been around long enough. We can't all predict exactly what they're thinking. But if you had to put your best guess on what this front office and Zach Kleiman and um, and I guess others, whoever whoever they are, um, what do you think they do? I think that they do make a move for an Alec Burks or they make a move for like a Josh Richardson. Um, I don't think that Danny Green is going to do it. Um, I think that they're going to make a move for some type of source of offense that can either at least add shooting or can some add some self-creation. So a Burks, a Josh Richardson, um, a Gary Trent Jr. and a Malik Beasley may be attractive, but I just don't know if the Grizzlies – if Utah or Toronto is going to allow for that level of player to be available at the price that the Grizzlies make sense. So a Josh Richardson, a um, uh, uh, Alec Burks, that type of player to me makes sense. I know that that's not exciting, but to me at the very least, it does give you some credibility going into next year. So um, a Grant Williams, as much as I would love him, you know, you're not going to find a stronger advocate for getting Grant Williams. I would absolutely love that. Grant Williams doesn't fit this team. Um, he's a 6'6 six, yeah. six power forward. His three-point shooting is great, but you're probably not – you probably play him over in Aldama maybe, but he just does not have the perimeter shot creation or the perimeter defense that we truly need from that type of combo wing. Uh, we need another 2-3 to come in yeah. and support Dylan if he's not playing there, um, you know, support Conchar if he's not producing well. So an Alec Burks uh, or a um, – uh, uh, Josh Richardson, I think those type of players could make sense. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that the writing's on the wall. If they can get an OG and Nobi for a price similar to what we discussed, I think that's absolutely it. I give that about a 15% chance. I'll put it about a 40% chance that they either go get a rental or they go get some type of bench veteran shooting piece that could still be here beyond next year. 
If the Grizzlies don't make a move, are they the favorite in the West? No. No, they're not the favorite in the West right now. Denver is the favorite in the West. I think Golden State um, has claimed to be more of a favor um, than the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies just over the, you know, the Grizzlies going into last year's playoffs, the Grizzlies had a stronger reason to believe that they had what it took to be able to beat Golden State. Right now, they just don't have the shooting over a seven-game stretch to be able to beat those teams. They could if everything broke right, but they just don't have it to the level to where I feel you would pick them. But Denver and I think Golden State would be there as the favorites. Um, I I don't think that they're, you know, any other team I think would be on the level of the Grizzlies because of their defense, but I think Denver and Golden State would clearly be a notch above the Grizzlies um, if they don't make a move. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if there's a move out there even if the Grizzlies got OG, now if they got Pascal Siakam, that 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 would put them <laughs> up there. But even if they got an OG, I still think the Grizzlies right now, uh, if you're being reasonable, are the third or best odds in the West to make it through to the finals. Wow. That was my next question if OG moved the needle. But I, I think OG moves the needle, but I don't know if he vaults them into true, I, I guess, favorite. I, I still think that they're going to be kind of where they are, but I think – that is kind of on paper, but if you break down the games, I think they're so much better uh, now, but also long long term because they really have a good defender, but also somebody that they can trust. Uh, somebody that's not going to shoot them out of a game like maybe Dylan Brooks will and has in the in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Don't. But the reason why you make the move for OG and why you pay the price that it may cost to get him is because you think that you're confident in being able to resign him beyond next summer, and then he will be there as your fourth best guy for when hopefully one or two more of your combo forwards come together, and then you truly have the shooting depth to support the strong defense combo, strong offense combo that you got to really put together a championship team. Sean, I can't thank you enough. Sean is with Grizzly Bear Blues. He is always uh, the best. Me, me and Sean are, are friends in the outside world. Don't tell anybody. He'll never admit it, but we are. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> uh, but, but Sean, this is awesome. I, I love doing this. We're, we'll definitely have to have you back on again uh, sure. because I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I want to have somebody on that can kind of speak on the trade deadline. Besides us, you know, we're a bunch of idiots and we try to do our best, but we want to have somebody on that had a little bit of an intellectual uh, part of their life. Because I am not. (laughs) That's what comes with being towards your midlife crisis and old. But Daniel, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're the best, Sean. Everybody go make sure you go follow Sean Coleman. He is awesome. That's all we have this week. The trade deadline is coming. If there is a big trade that breaks, I promise you we will have a podcast either right then or later on. We're going to go live uh, right here at the Grizz Animal Podcast. Make sure you give us a follow. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, everything you can. Be nice and tell your friends.